not a teacher. I don't even know why I'm standing here. <laughs> Pray God that you take absolute control and because you, God, are, you are the teacher. I pray that you teach us, Lord, and help us understand. May your name be glorified. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, so my name is Odenaka. Odenaka Chukwu. Yeah. So, Odenaka Kennedy. Odenaka Ago. So, <laughs> today's topic um, says, our topic for today says, inclusivity and exclusivity in Christ. Inclusivity and exclusivity in Christ. I'm going to break it down. They are big words. Okay. Sorry, I'm not a teacher. As I said, I'll pray, so I don't know. So the word inclusive means to include everybody, everyone irrespective of their country, their language, skin color, their religious beliefs, whatever it is, to include everyone. You say, everybody, you're welcome. It doesn't matter if you're light-skinned or you're dark-skinned. It doesn't matter if you're Nigerian or you're Asian. It doesn't matter if you're a pagan, you're Muslim, you're a Christian, you're included in this group. That's what the word inclusive means. The word exclusive means it's excluded to just a particular set of people that have been able to meet up a certain condition. If you're going for, if everyone here is supposed to sit for an exam, say, oh, as long as everyone here, you're, you're welcome, you're welcome to come and write this exam. But when you're coming, ensure you come with two pens and two pencils. Now, everyone, you're welcome to write this exam. It's inclusion. Then when you get to the exam hall and you're not with the pens and you're not with the pencils, they will send you back home because that was the requirement was for you to get pens and get pencils. Praise the Lord. Are we, are we following? Yes. Okay. So, in the Christian world for some, for some years now, in recent years, it has been a form of, it has been an argument. Is God inclusive or exclusive? Should Christians, should the church be inclusive or should we be exclusive? What do you think the answer is? Should we be inclusive or exclusive? Inclusive. Just inclusive? Okay. Alright. Now there are three schools, three different schools of thoughts. We are all, all of them are in the church. The first group, they say that the church should be inclusive. And when they say the church should be inclusive, they mean that everybody should come no matter whatever their religion is, you should allow them because every religion leads to Christ. They believe that it is irresponsible and it is wrong to say that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That is their belief. Their belief is as long as you are good, as long as you're, you're doing good things, you're living an honorable life, you're a good man. It doesn't matter what form of religion you practice because every religion leads back to God. That is their own belief. So they say we should tell everybody, every religion should come together and say we are serving one God. That's what they believe. And if we look, the reason why this school of thought, this school of thought is there is because there is an atom of truth in what they are saying in the sense that some of the religions that we have now were actually formed by people who were in the church. So because during, according to history, 
the early church, they were maybe uncomfortable, disagreed with what some people were, what maybe the, their pastor or whatever, or whoever said. And they felt like, no, this, this is wrong. They did not agree. And so they decided to go out and study. The way the Bible is made available for us now, it wasn't that way then. It was just few people that had, the Bible was in scrolls. Just few people that had um, access to it. And so they couldn't not, it wasn't everybody that could read. So they'd go and they would come up with this entire thing and what they felt like was the truth in their own head. And so after they finished coming up with these things, oh, there were, were new converts. And the new converts were also struggling. They were trying to find their feet with the entire um, killing and um, persecution and everything. And so these ones, after they've come up with their own stories, they would go and meet these new converts that were still trying to find their feet and start teaching them these things. And because they didn't know, they would swallow it and there was no Bible to prove them wrong. So this was how some of those religions were formed. So this is where this first school of thoughts gets their own um, theory from, why they should be included. Now, the second school of thought, they believe that the church should be exclusive alone. They believe that as long as you are not a non-earring-wearing sister, non-makeup um, painting, non-attachments, ears all covered, long skirts to the um, floor, sister, shouldn't be part of the church. As long as you're a brother that wears shorts and whatever, you're going straight to hell. If your cloth is not pure white, hell is where you're going to express it. Condemnation is you. They don't want to, you shouldn't talk to anybody that is not a believer. If you're not a Christian, don't talk to them, don't eat with them, don't even walk with them. I've seen this one firsthand. In a church I attended, the lady is a printer. And she came to church and she was asking a question. She prints um, everything, brochures, wedding, um, cards, um, gifts, whatever. And she came to church and she was like, hey, Pastor, if um, a couple should bring their picture for us to print on their book and they are holding their hands or the woman is sitting on the man's lap, should I, should I do the work for them? And people in the church were shouting, no, they're going straight to hell. Don't do anything. And I was sitting there and I was thinking, is it not your business? Is, is that not your source of income? What's your business there if she's well? That's your own business anyways. So I've seen that one um, firsthand. And now the third people, the third school of thought, they believe that the church, Christians, and God is inclusive and exclusive at the same time. Praise the Lord. Are we following? Okay, I don't know how many minutes I have. Okay. Um, so, all right. So they believe that God is inclusive and exclusive at the same time. So now, with my explanation, do you think God is inclusive or exclusive? Okay. So let's let's continue. So I well I for me I believe that God is inclusive and exclusive. Let's 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 get into it. All right. The truth is that um, God is transcendent. He's transcendent in the way that he's not withheld by time or space because he created it, right? He exists. So he's not limited by the boundary that has been set by time. He's transcendent in the way that he's caught up way above us, right? He's not limited by our rules 
and our laws and our doctrines and whatever it is that man sets our systems to make us feel good and, and feel very holy about ourselves. No, that, that's not how God works. Right? He's transcendent. He's, he sets his own. He decides what he wants to do. And the way he thinks is not how man thinks. In fact, man can, it's just, an ordinary man can't think like God. It's just impossible. And so, because God is transcendent, he's, also, he's inclusive and exclusive. Why? See, God loves us so much. So much that even while we were still sinners, as a matter of fact, we were going to kill him, right? Stoning him, calling him names. Now, this is the same person that was performing miracles just yesterday giving you guys food to eat and water to drink. And we're like, no! This man, send him straight to hell. Because he's telling us that he's God. So let's kill him. Let's, let's do away with him. So even while we were still acting all this drama, he decided, oh God, they don't know what they're doing. Please, let me die for them. Forgive them their sins. Is that not wonderful love? You see, God's love is unconquerable benevolence. It's undefeatable goodwill. As a matter of fact, English language has not been able to broaden its, its, itself to explain how merciful his love is. Amen? Don't you agree with me? You guys are supposed to be smiling when I tell you how good God's love is. You're just thinking at me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm sorry for the for the big um, English. <laughs> and anyways, now to prove that God's love is inclusive, there are three three points here to show you how there are more, there are a lot, but the one I have here, number one, simple condition of man is inclusive. And we can see that in Romans chapter three, verse twenty-three. It says, For all have sinned short of the glory of God. Not just that brother that is always smoking weed at the bus stop. Not just that auntie that used to stand on the street in the middle of the night. Or that uncle that owns the brothel. Or, or that sister that likes wearing short skirts to church. Or that boy that likes wearing shorts. No. The Bible says all of us, we have done what? We have sinned. All sinned falling short of the glory of God. And so God is not partial. He didn't say, oh, it's only this group of people. It's only the non-Jewish people that have sinned. No. He said, every one of us, yeah, we have all sinned. Emphasis on the word, all. Let's not forget that. So when we are looking at another person outside and we are saying, just look at what this person is doing with their life. Remember that you're also, you're, you're also there. You're also in the same group. If not for God's message and his love, praise the Lord. Number two, God's uh, invitation to salvation is inclusive. God's invitation to salvation is inclusive. Let us open to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. It says, Who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth? Who will have all men to be saved and to come into the knowledge of the truth? God wants everybody on earth to be saved. Haven't you ever wondered why the, the, the amount of praise that is going on in the world, God hasn't come yet. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes I pray, I'm like, after I'm like, God, forgive me for every sin I've committed, but please come now. Come now. 
still he hasn't come. The world is, is turning upside down. It's, it's getting worse. Every day you wake up, there's something worse. Today, either yesterday or today, there was, a, there was an earthquake in Haiti. It took about 200 lives. They're still trying to you know, struggle and everything. And somewhere, someone is somewhere thinking of how he will carry 50 virgins because election is coming up. No, the world is just, it's just turning upside down and everything. But still, God being merciful and loving, he's still doing what? Taking his time. He's still telling you guys, yo, I want everybody, everybody in this world, I want you all to be saved. Let's not forget this. Our priority as Christians is to do what? Let people know that God is interested in them. Let's not see people and, you know, we always sometimes, when we feel like we've, oh, we now have this right standing with God, then when we see those that are not doing right, we begin to, instead of having um, empathy and love towards them, we begin to have pity and maybe even some sort of irritance towards them. Alright? You see somebody, let's, let's say you know this particular lady, she's always dressing indecently. And you, know, you begin to get irritated. Why is that this girl is always dressing? What kind of person is this? Just seducing all the men in this world. God forbid. So no go go repent. Therefore, don't preach for absence all this time. And oh, yada, 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 yada. Meanwhile, what would Jesus do? Jesus at that point would probably think in his heart, oh God, please, do, can you let this lady know how much I'm in love with her? Can you, can you let this person know how much I want to have an intimate relationship with this person? But Christians nowadays, we have set our own selves on this high pedestal. No, nobody's bringing us down from there. You see somebody, oh, every time you're always saying that, bro, that's what this, this, this boy, eh? But me, I never knew. Nay, mama, nay, mama, kosam. Mama, to the spoiler. Nay, mama, kosam. Those are not the kind of thoughts Christians should have in any way. No Christian should have that sort of thoughts when you see any sinner. When we see sinners, our hearts should break. We should feel broken. We should be in pain. That this person has not understood that they are in bondage. And think of how we talk to them and make them our friends. Make them, make them feel, you know, come into the light so that there will be at least the darkness they can stay away from it for a while. Instead, we're just, some, some of us, we don't even greet them. In fact, sometimes, maybe if we go to buy something and that guy that is usually smoking his chair, and he looks at it as like, sister, how far now? He'll be like, this is the one, please don't talk to me. True or false? We do it, it's true. And he's looking at you as like, hmm, eh, we don't see that now, church people, church people. Remember, what you should have done is, hey, how are you doing now? How far now? How is life they go? And you would be surprised. You'd be taken aback, and he would be so surprised. You'd just be like, whoa, what's going on? Because the Christians that we have today don't do that. And that is where changing the narrative comes in. Changing how Christians are, how Christians have appeared these days. You know, you see that sister that is always, you should think of, oh, going to make this person my friend. I would really love to make this person my friend. You should be curious as to why this person is behaving this way. And think, oh, maybe the person just doesn't know. I, sh I should think of, start thinking of ways to talk to this person and make this person your friend. Instead of being irritated and some of us even begin to have condescending looks on our faces. And maybe when we try to ask that, oh, we are very holy and they greet you, you plaster this fake smile on your face that is going to win 20 million naira if it's placed on the billboard and be like <laughs> true or false we do it true or false nobody's asking me we do it we don't know 
unconsciously we do these things and we are forgotten that the invitation to salvation is what? It's inclusive. The invitation to salvation is what? Inclusive. Number three, God's call to respect and love all people is inclusive. God's call to respect and love all people is inclusive. Acts chapter 10 verse 34 to 35. Acts chapter 10 is the story of Cornelius and Peter. How God was telling Peter to take and eat because he was hungry. And the man refused, claiming that the thing that God himself was telling him to eat was unclean. Now the God that created it is telling you to eat. And you're telling him, that is, you're telling him it is unclean. Let's, um, I'm going to read from the message translation. Verse 34 says, Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favorites. It makes no difference who you are or where you are from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sends to the children of Israel, that through Jesus Christ, everything is being put together again. Well, he is doing it everywhere, among everyone. God does not have favorites. doesn't matter how holy you are. He may have a, a, a more intimate relationship with you, but that doesn't make you his best. Right? So we should not forget, irrespective of anybody's belief or their culture, or in Nigeria, we struggle with tribalism. We are always doing Igbo people, Yoruba people, Hausa people. We do it a lot in this country. Irrespective of anybody's culture, irrespective of their belief, if they are Muslims, they are pagans, they are Buddhists, whatever it is, Ensure that you love and respect them. Don't go and start telling them, you, this your religion is wrong. You're going, no, it doesn't work that way. You just make the person put up defensive walls and they won't want to hear what you're talking about. You should, first of all, approach them with love and care. Let them know that you respect them. I care about your feelings. I care about your, your, what you think. I care about your belief. I'm interested. You should be interested in what they say, what they're saying, what they're doing. The pastor, one of the pastors in my, where we were staying before the former branch, he used to tell us, I have a Quran and I have a Bible. I read my Quran very well so that when I'm talking to a Muslim, I know how to talk to them. I'm talking to them, I'm talking their Quran with them, and they are usually shocked. And from talking their Quran with them, they become comfortable. And you're like, wow, so you know this things. And from there, you'll be able to find the loophole. That is where you hit them. They go home and they begin to think about it. It's as simple as that. But Christians this day, oh Jesus. You see, just look at you. They're the terrorists, they are suffering in this Nigeria. Look at them, they're the ones killing everybody. They're killing everybody. Oh God, fire, destroy them, let them die. Every single one of them, die, fall down, and die immediately. Give them express road to hellfire. Give them the best seats in hellfire. Give them the best demons in hellfire. Those are the prayers we are praying. None of us have thought, dear Lord Jesus, I don't know what is making these people do these things. But whatever it is, I pray you help them. Open their eyes to see that it's wrong. Have any of us prayed that prayer? Let's be truthful. Have you prayed it before? Yes. God's call, God's call to respect and love everybody is what? Inclusive. It is inclusive. Please, let's not forget. If somebody is doing something that you feel is wrong or whatever, it doesn't matter the person's age. It doesn't matter if the person is younger than you, older than you, whatever. 
learn to respect people, learn to respect their beliefs, their culture, whatever it is, because that is the only way you can talk to them. That is the only way you can get them. Mm, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but I usually notice something. Whenever all these aboki or malams that repair shoes come to our house, my daddy doesn't really know how to speak house, and he just knows very tiny. And he begins to speak that tiny word he knows to them. Once he starts speaking that word, he knows. They will just smile. They will be so happy. In fact, they are ready. So some I've seen one that even told my daddy, "Don't worry, don't pay, just go." They will be so happy that you spoke that their language. Now imagine if you now start, you know, relating that way to everybody. You come and even if you don't know how to speak their language, you, you show that you're interested. Oh, I'm interested in you. I'm interested in your culture. Why do you guys behave like this? They launch into the story that you don't, you're not understanding or whatever. But there's a reason why you're doing it. And one day when you now tell this person, you know Jesus loves you, Abby. They'll sit and be like, hey, hey this is not Jesus. I don't hear him say. Tell me about him. Well, well, what does he do? And things like that. Praise the Lord. Um, now, an example of somebody that God's there are many examples in the Bible, but one person that stood out to me was um, Zacchaeus. Okay, now we know Zacchaeus was a tax collector. He wasn't loved very much, disliked by the Israelites because they saw him as a traitor. Not only was he working for the Romans, he was also stealing from them and ripping them of their um, their things and everything. And so people didn't like him. And then one one day Jesus was passing, and he was so. He so desperately wanted to meet, to see this Jesus that people have been talking about. He was so desperate. Imagine how desperate he was that he had to go and climb a tree. That was how desperate he was. I don't know if you've ever met anybody so desperate to meet somebody. Oh, Pastor Donald told us a story of how desperate he wanted to meet. He was to meet uh, uh, Pastor Kumuyi, right? And he, he hid on that bus, right? And held his leg, so, something like that, right? He was so desperate to meet Jesus that he climbed a tree. Now there were a lot of people. Oh, Jesus, they were probably, they probably been following him for days on end. He's feeding them, he's taking care of them. They have been following him. They're like, oh, now we are Jesus. No, this guy now my guy. Like, we did wrong parole. Like, like, you know my papa, you know my mama. We don't did Jesus. You know, people were probably forming familiarity already with him. They had been following him. So they felt like, oh, we know this, we know this man, Jesus. Oh, forget it. If you need to have an appointment with him. I'm your guy. Just call me. That was probably how they were thinking. And then, you know, Zacchaeus, who obviously nobody wanted to talk to, obviously nobody was going to help him to have an appointment with Jesus, had to climb a tree. And now this Jesus, this celebrity that everybody was surrounding, you know, came to the tree and was like, hey, Zacchaeus, my man, come down. We are going to your house today. He was so surprised. So shocked. The message translation says Zacchaeus was so stunned he started stammering. He was so surprised. Like, wait, wait a minute. This man knows my name. Not just that he knew his name, was that he said he's coming to my house. He was so shocked that right there he confessed his sin and he repented. He said, Lord Jesus, now I'm, I'm giving up half my property to those who are poor. And right now, anyone I've cheated, Four, 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 I'm going to pay them. That was immediate, a 360 turnaround. Confession and repentance at the same time. Not just that, even he, he 
he started paying back people for what they had gotten from them. And it's not wonderful. Now, that is the power of love. That is the power of inclusion. And people were there murmuring. Which guy? Jesus knows what this man is doing. What's going on? Why is he talking to this man? How can you talk to this man? This traitor, this evil wicked man. You know, even when they were murmuring, and Zacchaeus was probably hearing them, but you know, he was so stunned, he was so amazed. He was, as a matter of fact, he was in a bubble of love that Jesus had blown towards him that he couldn't even hear all the crap people were saying. Because imagine if he had heard them, he may have become maybe started withdrawing. Maybe he wouldn't have had time to repent or confess. And no, he was so stunned. The love was so much. it hit him so hard, captured him and placed him in a bubble. He was so shocked that the bubble obviously blocked out every other thing. He couldn't hear what any other person was saying. That he repented immediately and confessed his sin. That is the power of love. It places you in this bubble, makes you immune to every negativity or anything that is just a lot of Christ. That's how deep God's love is. Isn't it wonderful? Isn't it mysterious? God's love is so mysterious. I, like really, we can't, where, how are we supposed to start explaining it? That is the power of inclusion. That is an example of somebody that was included in the Bible. There are many other examples, but that one really struck me. How shocked he was. How much the love must have hit him. He had probably never received that kind of love from anybody. I mean, he was well hated. He was well known in that town, and he was well hated. The way some of us dislike our president. Once we bring up his name, whoa, everybody has something to say. How many of us have prayed our president will, have, will live long, have good health, see his great grandchildren? Exactly. Exactly. That, that was what happened. Nobody was going to pray for Zacchaeus to live a long life, no. As a matter of fact, they were probably praying that immediately Jesus called him. They were probably expecting, yes, Jesus don't catch up. Oh yeah, send him straight to hell. May he fall down, sharp, sharp. And then he did, he did the direct opposite. Is, is the love of Christ not just wonderful? Doesn't it amaze you? All right. Let's go to the exclusive parts. Now, how is God's love exclusive? We talked about how... This love is inclusive, so we want everybody in. Oh, everybody, come on in. We want you. We're interested in you. But how is it exclusive? The way to salvation is exclusive. We said, number one, the invitation to salvation is inclusive. But the way to salvation is what? It's exclusive. We can see this in John chapter 3, verse 16. You know, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Now, the ticket is that whosoever does what believes in him. I need you guys to answer me. Whosoever does what believes shall not do what perish will have everlasting. So we are taking just the part A that whosoever believes in him will not perish. So the love, the love of God is exclusive in the sense that the way to salvation is exclusive. I told you that the first school of thoughts of inclusion, they claim that everybody, no matter your religion, you're going straight to heaven as long as you're living a good life. But then that's not how God works. He's telling you, come, come, I've built this wonderful house for you. And he takes you into the compound and you're like, wow, this entire house for me. He's saying, yes, this house is for you. But for you to get into the house, you're going to need something. What are you going to need? A key. 
and you're like, oh, okay, here, here is the key. You take the key and you open the door. Now, the key to be able to experience salvation is who? Jesus. We can see this in John chapter 14, verse 6. It says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except by me. Praise the Lord. No one gets to the Father except by who? Jesus Christ. You can't get to the Father by what? No, 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 no matter how good and kind you are, if you have not accepted, you have not believed that this is the only way I can enter into this house, then you're your own. So though we are telling you that your, the invitation is for everybody, but for you to be able to enter into the hall to write the exam, you need a key. And the key is who? Jesus Christ. Now, another way it is exclusive is that the way to eternal life is exclusive. Now, I told you that these people also believe those, the inclusions, they believe that um, no matter whatever religion you have, you're going straight to heaven. You're going to live a long and wonderful life. No. The way to eternal life is, have, is through Jesus Christ. That's where we get to part B. He says, and you have what? Everlasting life. So if you don't believe in him, you can't have salvation and you can't have eternal life. In conclusion, now as Christians, we have to understand that inclusion and the exclusion part, they work together. God, you cannot take one part of God and leave the other part. God is Alpha and at the same time, he's what? Omega. Right? And at the same time, he's in the middle. He's Alpha, he's Omega, and he's in the middle. Right? God is a roaring lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. At the same time, he's a bleeding lamb. So you can't take the lion and leave the lamb. The lamb is the inclusion. The lion is the exclusion. You can't say, oh, I want the roaring lion, and then you leave the bleeding lamb. You went all the way to, to Calvary, took all the insults, the insults and everything, the negativity, and then you leave it, and you're going to preach the gospel, you're going to evangelize, and you're being rude, and you're being disrespectful. I had a friend in school that used to tell me every time, she said, you know, I am a public figure, so I cannot be behaving anyhow. When I walk, I must walk well. When I dress, I must dress well, because everybody used to see me. I'm a public figure. She was just the assistant course rep in her department, but she never, she never ever kept quiet about the fact that she was a public figure. She would always call me, Hello, my friends and well-wishers. You know I am a public figure, so I have to behave well. Every Christian is a public figure. We are all celebrities, whether you like it or not. We are all representing a belief, a belief system, a way of life. We are all representing someone that can't be seen right now. And so when they see us, they should see that person. So we are all public figures. Everybody say, I am a public figure. You should say it, Bonnie. I am a public figure. Uh, so you should you should know how you act, how you speak. You should always have a real sincere smile, not a fake smile. On your face, not a condescending one. Those condescending ones usually get them. I'm sorry, excuse me. From the generation X, and the generation X are people like my dad's age, my mom's age. Sorry. So you you usually the youths usually get is it not true youth? The youths usually get those looks from them. I know because like I said, I attended the church where that was that was just it. I many times, many times people would, would walk up to me. I am big, I am tall. And that's that's of God. It's not my fault, right? Of God he gave me the genes. And I'm also I'm I'm beautiful because the Bible says that you are, you are no, no, not just that. In Songs of Solomon, he says, You are altogether beautiful. 
and there is no spot in you. That is what the Bible says. God said it, not me. But for some reason, you know, people would see me, I'll try, try to dress with the little I have, right, and come out. And not once, not twice, would women walk up to me, older women, and say, I'm trying to seduce their husbands, or I'm going straight to hell. Please, do I look like I'm trying to seduce anybody? <laughs> so, it used to make me so, and it, and it affected me mentally so much, it made me so down. It, it, it really affected me mentally. I started changing the way I was dressing. I would wear, I would shape my clothes. I would wear big clothes. But still, it was an issue, right? They would come to me and they would tell me, why, why am I disgracing my parents by wearing um, rags? Exactly. And so I, I didn't know what to do. I was now in a state of confusion. Even if I wore something that was, I rarely ever wear things that fitted. And maybe now, maybe you guys have noticed I'm always wearing big shirts. I don't know. That's that's part of that's part of the reason. Because I have, I have so many it has not once, not twice. Even men they come and meet me and say, Oh, you're trying to seduce somebody's husband. I'm like, what do you want me to do? I am big. Whenever I step into a room, even without me doing anything, people will notice because I'm tall and I am big. So James and I am covered in God's glory. So you James, there's nothing I can do about that. Even if you want to correct me, why not call me and say Hey, young lady, sister, this skirt you're wearing now is now too somehow. It's showing your bump up too much or whatever. How about you try this or, or let's go shopping and get something better. They won't do that. They will come and they will, they will give you this condescending look. So many times people have given me free tickets to Hellfire. So many times. And I thank God because I never collected any of the tickets. But I already have a ticket, right? Going straight to heaven. So I never collected it together and I'm not about to exchange it. But then that's that's what we are that's what we're talking about, right? Not plastering those condescending looks on, on your face and be like, I, I don't know what this person is wearing. Every time this person likes wearing nonsense. Why not walk up to the person and be like, hey, how fun now? What's going on? How are you doing? You're looking very beautiful today. And the person will be like, ah, thank you. And you know you're heading somewhere. Right? You're heading somewhere. But, like, ah. but you know it is the skirt you used to wear. And you know that that skirt is long. Let that skirt fit you so much. So very much. Next week, Sunday, trust me, that person is going to wear that skirt. Am I lying? That person is going to wear, they're going to wear that skirt so often, not knowing that the reason why I told them that the skirt is good is because the skirt is long. No. But then you're walking up to somebody and you're looking at, you always wear rubbish. How many times should they correct you? Whatever, whatever, whatever. It, does, it does, doesn't work that way. See, when you get the inclusive parts, then the person will be interested in the exclusive parts. But when you don't get the inclusive parts, how are they... They won't want to hear what else you're saying. They won't be interested in what else you have to say. I know this message will not be really, really interesting for the generation. But then, but then, we shouldn't, we shouldn't, we shouldn't leave the part of the bleeding lamb out. Because when they see the bleeding lamb and they see the holes, then they want to know the reason behind these holes. But then when you just come and you show them a lion, ah, they're running. They're like, yo, you guys, they're even helping you do evangelism. Stay away from that person. That person is crazy. They don't even want to hear what you're saying. Why? Because you've, you've, not, you've, not, you've left the other part that is very important. That inclusive part is like your step one. Trust me, once you cross that step, that person is in your pocket. 
you've, you've gotten a person already. But if you leave that part, you're on your own. They won't listen. They won't be interested. The only way for them to be interested is for you to show them that you care, that I accept you. That's what inclusion means. You're telling this person, oh, I love you. I accept you. I'm interested in you. You're very, very important. I want you to know you're very, very important. The church I later changed to while I was in school, whenever there are newcomers, the way they introduce them are, if we, um, the most valuable persons in our presence right now, those are our newcomers, our MVPs, and you will see the way the, the congregation will be clapping. The first time I went there, I was so shocked. We're like our MVPs, you guys are our most valuable persons. Without you, we would be nowhere. And then the congregation will be clapping and they'll be screaming. And then you see them, they will stand up, even if they didn't want to stand up before. They will stand up and then the pastors will come and line up in front of the church and be welcoming them one by one. Shaking, and as they're shaking them, they're bowing down. Welcome, thank you very much. All the pastors, from the senior pastor to the least, all of you will come and line up and welcome them every Sunday. And they used to have like two services. Just two services, they will do that. And then when you, you come, you'll be like, wow. You will finish so important. Why? Because they called you MVP. No, the pastors came and they were shaking you and they were even bowing down as they were shaking you. Everybody screaming and you're clapping. And you need to see the way we clap. We'll be jumping. Those some will be throwing whistles, throwing their chairs. Welcome, welcome. And everything. And they will take you to a special room and give you cake and give you drink. Next week Sunday, won't you come back? What the love is all about, right? Why we shouldn't forget that part? You catch the person's interest. You want they'll be interested, they want to know what's next you have, what else you're going to bring up from the back. Praise the Lord. Alright, so um, let's let's not neglect the inclusive parts while doing the exclusive parts. And also let's not forget this the exclusive parts. Because what happens these days is that some churches now start doing come as you are, oh we love you, we love you, we don't care. And then they forget to tell them that if you continue in this way of life. You're going straight to hell. If you continue, you're not going to meet Jesus. You're not going to have eternal life. But that's not what we're supposed to do. Well, when we brought them in, we should let them know that though Jesus loves you, you can't have all the privileges that he has, that he has provided for us, except if you do what? Repent and be converted. Remember, they walk hand in hand. The bleeding lamb and the roaring lion. They walk together. Praise the Lord. Thank you. What a Bible study straight Hallelujah. We have them here. We have them here. Hallelujah. We have them here. We will discover them by the power of the Holy Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Everyone is straight is a mighty man. Mighty woman. Mighty sister.